You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour. This is your junior co-host. Is that, is that, my, uh, is that my title now, Dave? <laughs> junior co-host? Uh, Chuck? Do you have a title? I don't have a title. Just, uh, How does boys have? No, I, I tell you what. I want, I want to take this quick opportunity to uh, just thank you for your service. Uh, it's Veterans Day. and uh, You as well, you we as well Dave. I have opinions on that, but uh, you are a veteran, and you should be honored today, and, and we do thank you for your service. Say, same to you, David. Same to you. David, uh, we, our, uh, our uh, time in the military was not contemporaneous. Uh, David is a little bit older than I am. Mine's a little more recent, but it's a memory that's fading fast. It's been... Uh, been more than half a decade now. 2008 is when I got out. So uh, when I was in, I was like, man, is this ever going to be over? And now it just well, the, it's fading. The Civil War was fa- a heck of a battle. <laughs> it's fading, it's fa- fading into the sun. Um, so, uh, David, uh, Chuck is not here yet. He uh, is going to be off gallivanting what, what this evening. What gave you the first clue? <laughs> he's, he's not the chair. Some court. of the listeners out there are like, Chuck's not here. Who's this Yahoo talking? Click, turn off the radio. But we do have a special surprise for all those of you out in Radio Land. We have another attorney from our office today, Miss Anna Irwin. Uh, say hey to everybody, Anna. Hi. <laughs> Anna uh, recently joined our firm a couple of months ago um, because we recognized the need for uh, a criminal attorney on our staff. And Anna handles the uh, criminal portion of our cases. And she's here to opine and bloviate. Uh, <laughs> That's Not, in this studio. <laughs> Not in this studio. She's here to uh, talk today. Uh, she's very opinionated, folks. Uh, trust me. Not uh, as much she, as Rocky. But. <laughs> she'll she'll be offering up some opinion and everything. But uh, David, I'm just going to start out with your boy on uh, the Sunday talk shows uh, when he was asked uh, what he's going to do about immigration stuff. My boy? direct quote. That's your boy, David. Isn't that that's. PC not correct, isn't it? <laughs> your guy. Okay, my bad. Yeah, that's that's your guy. That's your guy. Direct quote. I'm going to do what I need to do. My only question is, when are you going to do it? You've been talking about this for damn near six years. How six years now? You haven't done anything. Now you're going to do what you need to do. Stop talking and do something. I mean, am I the only one that feels that way? Uh, you know, quite frankly. I don't think he knows what to do. Uh, he's definitely got... Oh! There Danny Hour just walked in. I was just uh, given a preview of Obama's quote from uh, Sunday Talk Show. I'm going to do what I need to do. And my, my response is, uh, when? Yeah. Well, I, I, I am what I am, and that's all what I am. <laughs> when are you going to do something? We've been waiting forever. You've got the authority. You've had the authority. Wait, 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 wait a second. It's, he said he didn't have the authority. <laughs> What did I thought Congress didn't have the authority? He was a constitutional law professor. So Congress is right. He does have the. He doesn't have the authority. Well, I, I don't it, know. He, it, he said he didn't, <laughs> but now he does. But then Ted Cruz, who's also a Ted, well, I don't know, whatever. Mike hey, Teddy, Lee, who's recently got. He's a constitutional law professor. I don't know if you know this or not, but immigration has nothing to do with constitutional law for the most part. Um, no, for the most part, uh, there's so much so, discretion within the uh, Immigration Nationality Act for the practitioners out there listening. The INA, there's so much discretion for it uh, that you know. It, it really doesn't matter what you think the legality of it is. And I love – this is – I wrote this down in my notes here. I love the GOP now saying that this whole battle with uh, the new attorney general nominee, oh, it's all about immigration. Well, GOP, let me tell you something. If you, think that, yeah, if you think the Department of Justice really has anything to do with immigration other than the window dressing of 
adjudicators that we put in robes. Um, you know, immigration correct. You <laughs> have no clue about the system because all the authority resides with the Department of Homeland Security. So if you want to make a stand, make a stand on any type of nominee or high-level uh, appointee for the Department of Homeland Security. Not for the AG. The Attorney General has nothing to do with this. And the EOIR, the, the, the Immigration Court, it's kind of like the red-headed stepchild for Department of Justice. They're just like, eh, you guys <laughs> hang out over there, okay? Uh, you, just, you think you have some power, but you really don't. It's like I said somebody at court the other day. A removal order from a judge at this point means less than it ever has. I mean, there's people out there with removal orders on paper all over the place who aren't going anywhere, and Department of Homeland Security isn't doing anything to get them out of here, okay? So, GOP, settle down, and I'm going to say it again. We talk about it on the show ad nauseum. Seize the win. It's sitting out there. People are ask, well, where does Obama get his authority? (laughs) I mean, is it imbued from heaven with a flaming sword with a fiery tart from the... Yes. Oh, wait a second, that was a different yes. movie. <laughs> Supreme authority does not come directly from a sword thrown in by a tart at the lake. Wait, that's, that's King Arthur and oh, about the Holy Grail. It comes from Section 212.5 of, of the Immigration Nationality Act. Congress has actually given to the department, to the president of the immigration in this space, the authority. Here's what it says. The authority of the secretary to continue, to continue an alien in custody or grant parole, which is into the United States, is shall be exercised by, and it has a list of people, all of whom are in the executive branch. The secretary or his designees may invoke, in the exercise of discretion, the authority under 212 D5A of the Act. They got the discretion. So if you, if you don't want the president to do this, you have to change one provision in the law. Right. That's all you have to do. The president no longer has authority to parole anybody. Yep. But as long as you give it, does it say here, Rocky? May, uh, in our discretion, the Congress... Ex- no, 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 no. Subject to John Boehner's may discretion. May, in the de- exercise <laughs> of discretion, do this. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, we talk about it ad nauseum on the show. The, the discretionary authority to fix the... I don't, it's not going to fix the overall system, but the discretionary authority to fix the inconsistencies, and I'm going to share a couple of stories here, fix the injustices that are extant right now in this system, uh, it, it's already there. And, you know, I can bang on Congress all day. I mean, don't even get me started on that. But Obama has had six years at this point to try and come up with something, uh, and all he's done is come up with deferred action for childhood arrivals. No, great. Oh, my bad, provisional waivers. And the thing I, is, oh, you know, Obama it, it, didn't have to invent this. No, this was all out there. A law attorneys gave him the blueprint, the blueprint when he took office. Yeah. So let me share a couple of stories though, because the the you know we talk about all this, uh, you know, the sections of law and everything, and it's for a lot of listeners. If you're not a practitioner, it's somewhat abstract. But I got a couple of stories here. I want to uh, I want to share that 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 highlight the discretionary authority uh, that the Department of Homeland Security has, and highlight how inconsistent some of their decisions can be. And I'm going to take some facts from a couple of recent cases. One of them you may be familiar with. Uh, one of them you may, uh, a couple of them you may not. But the first one I want to talk about is a guy who's been here. More than a decade. I think he's been here like 15 years. Um, and his only criminal offense is – well, for, let me back up a little bit. He's got a couple of U.S. citizen kids. Uh, he's, he's, he's in the line, Chuck. He's well, in the well, line. Well, he's a, he's in the line. line. The, in the line. Right. He's in the line. Why didn't he wait in the line abroad then? <laughs> exactly. Take his turn uh, uh, in the line. Exactly. He's in the line. Um, so he's got a, a way uh, to become a permanent resident in the near future. <laughs> This gentleman owns a couple of restaurants, and uh, here in Georgia, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it's very hard to get a driver's license if you don't have some sort of uh, federal immigration document, driver's license, social security number. So this guy, in uh, his effort to run his restaurants, 
He he uh, he did put a uh, he used a fake name on a liquor license uh, so that he could secure a liquor license. And listen, he's not nobody's. He's paying the te- he's paying the fees for it and everything. He just needs to get it so he can run his restaurant, keep employing people, and and make the community better. Is there anything wrong? I mean, is there? He didn't do, in my estimation, anything that there's uh, for which there's moral culpability. He's just trying to survive, but. His crime. This and again, this is his only violation of the law. All right, his mm-hmm. crime is considered by immigration to be what's called an aggravated felony, and is treated, for all intents and purposes, as by by immigration authorities as somebody who could murder have somebody. murdered somebody. Yeah, I mean, and that's the absurdity. Now, yeah. aggravated felony makes you mandatory detention, but guess what? It's not mandatory if uh, if uh, the Department of Homeland Security says. Uh, we're going to exercise our discretion to let you out. Fortunately for this guy, he had a reasonable officer, and I was able to secure his release. Okay, They let him out with this conviction, and, and kudos to them. But that authority already exists. Let me, give you another, let me give you another story. Same thing, aggravated felony forgery for a kid. I've talked about this, uh, this case on the show. Uh, kid was a lawful permanent resident of the United States, Okay, um, and he uh, was pulled over. For DWH, obviously, uh, here in Georgia, which is a crime, and he gave he, he was scared. He was actually licensed to drive, which is <laughs> the craziest thing. He had a license, but he was scared. Uh, he's dyslexic, so he, he transposed his date and month of birth and gave his brother's name because he was scared. Uh, didn't get a criminal attorney, obviously. Got hit with a forgery, first degree forgery, five years confinement, all probated. Uh, that's an aggravated felony for immigration purposes. Absolutely. Treats him like a murderer. Absolutely. Sends him to uh, the Stewart Attention Center in South Georgia. Spent about eight months there. Finally, uh, a court of appeals basically told the immigration judge, uh, you're an idiot. Uh, this kid is a permanent resident, and yeah. you're being disingenuous in reading the conviction document. Let him out. Yeah. System worked there. I'll give you a couple other, uh, another one here. This is a very, really recent case, and it highlights the, uh, it, it really highlights the problems with our system. There's a lot of kids who came here uh, with their parents via amnesty uh, in the '80s, and all they know is the U.S. Uh, they, they've never spent any significant amount of time in a foreign country or anything. Right. And, and guess what? Kids get in trouble sometimes. Sometimes they do some stupid stuff. All right. Um, and and you it see, was, we have a zero tolerance. We have zero tolerance policy. You must be doing it better and cleaner is, than the this other is guy. Like bringing, you know, how many times have you heard the GP complain? All the kid did was bring a nail clipper to school, <laughs> and they suspended him. You know, what <laughs> is this zero tolerance? Yeah. But you make one stupid little mm-hmm. mistake that affects nobody else but you. No. And you're gone from the U.S. for the rest of your life. Exactly, and, and so th- this we'll, we'll use this as the uh, the, uh, the the nail file <laughs> example of immigration here. Uh, so, uh, you know, youthful trouble, nothing crazy. Nobody got hurt. Gets gets removed from the United States, and uh, at you know a, a young age, all of his family members are here legally. He has nobody else in Mexico. What, what do you think that person's going to do? They're going to come back. Comes back, has a little bit of other trouble. Not again, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. Didn't result in prison time or anything. Removal again. Comes back. Now, for the last 15 years, this individual has led, by all accounts, an exemplary life. Okay, Has a family, has some U.S. citizen kids, uh, and, and nothing. DWH, Department of Homeland Security doesn't want to exercise its discretion and ultimately removes the individual. I mean, is that – I mean, how fair is that? I mean, and I know life's not fair, but – 
this just it highlights the inconsistency. You have somebody with significant ties to this country who uh, there's there's no reason to remove them. They're not a threat to the community or anything like that, and and they just uh, uh, you know idiots yeah. don't want to exercise their discretion. It's crazy. And so Obama clearly should act. Clearly. Do you understand how the GOP is portraying this? That they made an offer to Obama <laughs> to act on air immigration. Quotes, air quotes offer. Uh, and in this meeting, they had this lunch on Friday, and apparently um, immigration comes up, and Obama says, look, you know, uh, if you don't act, I'm not going to act. And Biden says, go turns to to, uh, to Boehner. Well, you know, when do you think you can get it done? And, and, and Obama apparently says, no. <laughs> you have the fall. You have this year to act. You don't act, I'm acting. You know, you can overturn me if you want. If you pass up my reform, I'll sign it. Yeah. But I am not going to not act. And I think I think he feels um, un poco de vergüenza, a little bit of shame. He should. He should. He should. For not doing something in the Absolutely. summertime. Because it was. It turns out to be no reason not to do it. There was, you know, in, I know 2029, that's great. But we knew it then there was no reason not to do it. He bowed the pressure from four no longer U.S. senators. Um, <laughs> hey, we got uh, we got to be quiet like, on this because these uh, red state guys good. here. We're going to get elected. We're going to get elected anyways. You know, screw them in the house and the horse they rode in on. Yeah. At the end of the day, now you've got four more votes against you, but they're not they're any different than the four votes you had against you before. Go ahead and do it. Uh, so the reality is, uh, the speaker then says, "Well, if a president takes unilateral action, that erases any chance of doing reform." <laughs> so here's my question, Mr. Banner. Why? If you <laughs> don't play with my ball, I, I, my way, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Huh. That's pretty much what And that's is. what Boehner said. Yeah. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, the most listened to immigration. In the known universe, universe know folks. Of, we know of. Uh, we have, I do have some friends out there that have to have a web a, a podcast as well. And shout outs to Matthew and Stephen for their podcast, uh, which I'm sure is at least as interesting as ours, if not more so. They probably don't have the volume that we do. You, well, I don't you know. And I, I, you I and heard, I, are, I heard one of the podcasts. Oh, okay. They have a lot of volume because you and I are. Uh, we may be the loudest immigration we, podcast we in the universe. Easily <laughs> could do that. We easily could do that. Um, I mentioned this before, but am I the only one who thinks that Ted Cruz looks like Joe McCarthy? No, we've talked about it. Yeah, uh, I think we've talked about it offline. He, he does, Looks right? like his uh, long Look, lost son. Damn, does he say, say like twin brother? There's not a lot of Cuban a, and Ted Cruz, yeah. is all I can tell. You must be the Canadian blood. Um, Something. 
And what I like about this, uh, you mentioned before, that's your guy, though. I mean, you, you mentioned I mean, aren't, yeah, you, aren't, you, aren't you pushing him for, I mean, he's the man uh, for a 2016 run? He's the man for president of the United States. Ah, run away! Oh, just, hey, just, look, look. If Obama didn't destroy uh, America, Cruz <laughs> can't either. Right. So, All I want is uh, somebody that's, good that's for, debate, for John Stewart because that's pretty much. <laughs> No, no, I want these guys to run just for the comic relief that you can oh, see on the Daily Show. I mean, well, the thing is, they insane. may have to go on the Daily Show, and that would be awesome. I mean, you saw him go after Hillary, right? Oh, uh, uh, about a, three or four months John ago? Daly, John Daly, yeah, yeah. John Stewart, yeah, oh, John Stewart, awesome. yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he's equal opportunity. He'll go after. Oh no, he'll go after all of them. Yeah, yeah. clearly he's more left leaning than right leaning, but. He, who who is the Democratic candidate? Oh, they're always surprised. Like, well, I thought you were one it's of like, us. Uh, dude, uh, what are you doing here? Like, I think it's no. hilarious that NBC wanted him to be the guy to meet the press. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, drugs? <laughs> really? He's <laughs> a comedian. They get ratings. They get ratings though. No, well, for the first three weeks, Loretta's always not funny anymore. Uh, yeah, Chuck Todd's doing a fine job on there. So Loretta Lynch. First of all, the president nominates Loretta Lynch, who is, by all accounts, a prosecutor. A really good prosecutor in New York City. Um, at least the time she's been a U.S. attorney. That's that's the word I hear. She's been a very good prosecutor. Um, now, what's interesting about this, first of all, Breitbart did a story on her and put the wrong Loretta Lynch's picture on there. They put a white oh woman's Loretta Lynch and not the African-American woman who is actually the person nominated. And then their correction was corrected. But they didn't really say what they I thought you were going to go with they put a picture of Loretta Lynn on there. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> with a long boy. Well, that's, uh, that's Crystal Gale. Um, uh, but uh, so here's he, now Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, the the, the twin di- the dynamic duo of, of incompetence. Um, <laughs> uh, they uh, they want her to explain uh, the law and have a full commitment to the law, um, and that she believe whether or not she be president amnesty plans. I would love her. I would really love her to answer this, uh, and it would be. I think it would go something like this. Uh, well, Senator Cruz, uh, thank you very much for inviting me uh, to testify today about the legality and the constitutionality of President Obama's uh, executive uh, action. Do we still follow the Constitution? We do. We, we okay. have to take I, I didn't know so if we, we were or not. Uh, so I'm here to opine on that as, as the person would be the chief law enforcement <laughs> officer of the United States. As, as I'm sure you're aware, as a constitutional law professor, uh, the president uh, cannot do anything beyond the law and must act within the scope of the law. And the law, of course, Senator uh, Cruz and Senator Lee, as I'm sure you know as a constitutional law professor, uh, is written by Congress. Uh, we, you also are aware, uh, uh, Senators, that uh, we engage in the criminal justice system, and immigration is much like the criminal justice system, in, uh, in, in plea bargaining and, and, and in an allocation of resources to use it in the most effective way possible. But we only do so do that within the bounds of the law. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, as a member of Congress... Uh, who has affirmed, I'm sure, Section 212 of the Immigration Nationality Act, Control D5 in particular, that you have actually given the president parole authority. Now, you haven't given the president any authority to legalize anybody. No, he's not. Nobody has any no. any any ability to lay their hands on no. shoulders and so, say, "Citizen, and I'm now." I'm going to tell you that um, my review of President Obama's executive action is, in fact, not an amnesty uh, because nobody has received any legal status None. nor any forgiveness for anything. So uh, your use of the word amnesty perhaps is correct as the way a Canadian might use it, uh, but the way an American might use it is, is absolutely incorrect, exactly. with all due respect, Senator. Uh, and moving on from there, the idea that the president 
and thus the executive branch, the Department of Justice, Department of Security, doesn't have the authority to allocate the, re- the, the pitiful resources you have provided us for enforcing what is perhaps the most complicated law known to man, uh, U.S. immigration law, is, with all due consideration, a, senator, a joke. Um, and so apparently the president has decided that he's going to undertake a process that in fact will help you and help me better enforce the law. Uh, because as you know, it's very hard to find one person out of 11 million, but a whole lot easier to find one person out of 2 million or 1 million. Or, so as or we invite have, people to come yeah. forward and participate in a program that will give them a, an ability to work legally in the U.S. by us taking their fingerprints, getting their address, taking their picture, and thus enabling us to identify but, them, yeah. we are in fact making us more rule compliant rather than less rule compliant, which is what you favor because you refuse to give any money to fix the problem. Yeah. So with all due respect, uh, Senator Cruz and Senator Lee, you could take a flying leap off the next clip and kiss my big butt. I think Maybe she has a small butt. I don't email know. that uh, immediately. Uh, Rewind the tape, David. Could, could trans- can you transcribe <laughs> that, David, and get that out on the wall? have to you uh, by This name. could be her testimony. Yeah. I, that'd be great. To be confirmed. Yeah. I, Come I out there swinging. Me. I mean, you, you, you really should. And, you know, you, you make a really good point. Uh, it's hard to find one out of 11 million people. Hey, we're giving you a plan. Let the 11 million people You know what I love about themselves. this? These guys go, these are the junior senators. They've been Clown senators shows. for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe four years at this point. I think ten, four ten, years. Ten, 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 four, yeah, yeah. Lee too. Yeah, yeah. So they are, they are the junior time. senators from their state. Mm-hmm. They've been senator. They sit on. They chair no committees. They have Seven no influential miles. policy. So their only way they are they are like Newt Gingrich in the Democratic <laughs> House before he became Speaker. They just throw bombs throwing out bombs. there. Yeah. Throw bombs out there. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, hey, listen. I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate somebody for being a bomb thrower because I, but they're, but they're I like myself poop, have been a bomb thrower. But, but these are like, well, <laughs> you literally have been a bomb thrower. But these are like poop bombs. Yeah, they're like stink it's, bombs. They're not any bombs that do any good for anybody. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's absurd. You know, and I I want to hit on another point in there. You know, it's nobody is becoming. If the president, you know, exercises his discretionary authority, you know, I hit this all the time. Nobody's becoming a citizen or getting any sort of legal status. Let me let me ask Anna a question. Do your clients who are here uh, undocumented are the, is is citizenship or a green card at the top of their list? What what is the document they most covet? El permiso, the work permit. And why do they covet the work permit? It allows them to get what? Their driver's license. Exactly, folks. Yes. That's the name of the game. Nobody cares. These these people that this is supposedly going to benefit so greatly, uh, and that's debatable whether it will or not in the long run, they care about being able to live their lives free of encumbrances, if you will, uh, uh, that, that the rest of us don't have to think about. They have to think every time they get in their car. Am I going to be arrested? Is it going to result in my removal? They just want a driver's license because guess what? Um, even though they're no, not employment authorized, newsflash, I think they're working. Um, so they don't care about that. This is the fun, is the fun thing it's, that a lot of the a lot of the GOP guys get into. It's like we need to clear these guys out, to clear the decks for America to take their jobs. Oh, oh, not gonna happen. I mean, talk about the ultimate mismatch oh. in brains and 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 mouth. Yeah. Really, what jobs do you think Americans are going to take that undocumented immigrants are doing? Right. So um, that you know what it brings me to the next point I have written down here. Right to work. I, I want. I really want to hit this home because we talk about it on the show all the time. Immigration is an economic issue, and absolutely. obviously, I may feel differently about who should be able to come here and stay or whatever. It's well documented. I'm 
a in favor of free mobility and labor, of labor and capital, uh, and just comply with identification requirements. Anybody can work because this is the crazy thing, and this is what gets me about a lot of people on the right, real conservative types that oppose this stuff. You. T- I want to just shout from the rooftops. Do you know people that – because if you ask the, if you ask these free market types or the, a lot of conservative folks what they think about immigration, they're all, well, get them out of here. We, gotta have, we can't have lawbreakers. Got to obey the law. Uh, did you know that uh, you can't just go out and hire somebody uh, that, that you want to hire? That wants to work for you. you that, that person has to be authorized by the federal government to be employed by you. How do you think about? What do you think about that, Mister Free Marketer? No, we have all kinds of things in this system. That I mean, if you're a company and you want to bring a worker from overseas, Chuck, can they just say, "Hey, uh, send me so and so. Get this guy a visa stat." No, they have to go through this whole crazy process of first certifying through the Department of Labor that uh, there's no Americans willing to work. Uh, at that, at the prevailing wage for that type of job, that is crazy. I mean, you should be able to hire who you want when you want. The, all this is is protectionism, and all it is is to protect low skilled labor in this country. Because guess what? Well, th- there's two types of immigration. You have really high skilled immigration, but what we're talking about the undoc- the the you know this 11 million undocumented poppies, they're here for a reason because they're coming because there is a demand for their labor. Okay, there's not 200 million of them. There's not two million of them. There's 11 to 12 million of them. Okay, maybe up or down a little bit, but they're here because there is a demand for their labor. And I say it all the time. If you're willing for your house to cost double what it costs, if you're willing for all these ancillary services that you get uh, that are, you know, far down in the pipeline, if you're willing to pay double for that stuff, yeah, get them all out of here. Okay, but until you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, this is going to continue. They're still going to be here. So guess what? Let's legalize them. Let's give them work permits and let's get this show on the road because at the end of the day, all this is doing is it's breaking apart families and it's it's not addressing uh, uh, any of the real issues. I mean, am I crazy? No. Our clients, all they want is self-sufficiency. That's they want to drive and they want to work. They don't want to take over the world. They don't want to be the richest person in Georgia or anything. They want to be self-sufficient, take care of their families, and go home at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's what we're preventing by not giving everyone work permits. Not legal status, yeah. just <laughs> work permits. Just so they can survive. And this is the yes. thing. you know. It's, I, I, there's a lot of people out there, and it's why I don't like to talk about this side of the issue. There's a lot of people out there that say, well, they're coming here and they're you know getting welfare. Uh, well, Chuck, let me ask, can, really can, uh-huh. can people who are undocumented get any means-tested public benefit? No, they get no they get zero public benefits. Right. Now, their kids... Whoa, whoa, hold on. Are their kids U.S. citizens? Yes, they are. They, there's that... What do they call that thing? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh the Constitution. So it's only so. Citizen, U.S. citizen kids of undocumented people who are the availing themselves of the welfare. Right. U.S. citizen kids of U.S. citizen parents aren't they, they availing... Don't, they, they don't... Oh, okay. Never. All I just need to make sure. America is to immigrants. Right. Yeah, or their children. No, you, no native-born U.S. citizen uses welfare... <laughs> Right, Ever. exactly. Ever. So you have any kind. you have all these people. You know, I say so listen. The problem really is with the welfare the, system. It's with the welfare system. So Don't the, conflate the two. And this is the thing: is they say, well, they're coming here for welfare. No, no, no. Well, no they wait, come. Wait, they wait, they, wait they may come. They may come here, and then you know their children may get the benefits to which they're entitled under law. But this is the thing: no, everybody says, well, we're subsidizing illegal immigration. Uh, have either of you ever had a client who said they were in, in a foreign country? Like, man. 
I really want to go be an undocumented immigrant in America. Yeah, I love when they go to Mexico and be an undocumented. That'd be pretty immigrant. awesome. Yeah, whatever, I mean, right? it's it, you know nobody's out there saying, "Oh, America is subsidizing undocumented the, aliens." I'm going to go it's do that. Better here as undocumented than in their own country. Exactly. But at the end of the, you know, the key thing to remember here is, from the perspective of some people. Their, their perception of public benefits or welfare is much broader than food stamps. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay? Well, they're yeah. going to school for free. Uh, property well, taxes pay for that, and yeah. they're paying property taxes somehow, some way. Yeah, I mean, if you're living anything, anywhere other than your car, you are paying property taxes through right. your rent, through your wherever you are. Exactly. You are paying it. Therefore, the school district has budgeted for your people to be in school on that many houses. And right. if it's not enough money, they will raise property tax. Exactly. On everybody. So there's no Also, is there, is there a special line for them not to have to pay sales taxes on no, consumer goods and services? <laughs> oh, okay, guys. I wanted to make sure. And they pay income taxes. Many of them are working on fake IDs. Okay, that's wrong. It's illegal. But they're paying taxes on those fake IDs. And, of course, the, well, they're, using, they're going to the public. They're going to the emergency room. Like every other poor person in America. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know, people go, we, we, we shouldn't have mandated health care. Okay. Well, then when you're sick and you don't have health care, what are you going to do? Go to, we already have mandated health care. It's called yeah. the emergency room. Exactly. Primary care already exists in the emergency exists room. in America. Right. So when you excluded immigrants, undocumented immigrants and legal immigrants, uh, who like visa holders from Obamacare, basically said, you need to use the emergency. You're actually forcing them not to buy insurance under Obamacare. Exactly. Uh, it is an absolute joke. So at the end of the day, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we come back on the next segment of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. The Immigration Hour. It's great to have here Rocky Rockliffe, Chuck Cook, and Anna Irwin today as our special guest. Uh, Anna actually specializes in immigration and crimmigration law. She's our crimmigration crimmigration yes. expert uh, on on in, in, in uh, with our clients. But as we sit here talking about the Obama thing, uh, here's the question. Yesterday I met with like ten new clients. I'm sitting there talking to them about their cases. Half of them would easily benefit from one simple change by Obama. And I talked about this in my blog this last week. Uh, and I think this is important to recognize. I think Obama could do something pretty darn big that he could literally shove in the GOP's face and they couldn't do anything about. It. And that's this. 
the GOP Congress in 1996, this is a GOP Congress that created a rule called cancellation rule. They replaced an old rule called suspension of deportation, which said if you've been here in, a year, in the U.S. for seven years and you're a person of good moral character, you got family here, you got some hardship, then you can, you know, judge can say whether you're going to stay or not. They thought the judges were granting too many of those cases, like 12,000 a year. <laughs> oh, man, they're being too generous to people. Uh, so they created cancellation of removal, which said if you're in the U.S. for 10 years, you're a person of good moral character, you have a U.S. citizen, parent, spouse, or child, and they would suffer extraordinary and highly unusual hardship. Exceptional. <laughs> if, if your child had terminal cancer and two heads, maybe. <laughs> not, not, not separately, just no, both. both. Possibly both, right. you would be approved. Possibly. That's a little extreme. That they, you know, sometimes <laughs> cancer will be enough, but depending on the judge you have. But they <laughs> limited that to 4,000 cases a year. They put a, a statutory year. cap on it. All right. Now, obviously, in 1996, there, nobody qualified for it. No. Because everybody that was undocumented likely came after 1996. So yep. very few of them actually qualified for it. Yep. But now we're 18 years after wow. after Ireland, after this law passed. So now we have literally millions. In fact, the Pew Hispanic Research Center studied two weeks ago of the 11 million undocumented, 62% have been here longer than 10 years and have children, parent, or spouses who are U.S. citizens. Yep. So that means... Wow. If, if today, switch, literally, Obama said, we are going to literally go out today, we're going to deputize David, going to deputize Rocky, and you're going to go out <laughs> and you're going to find us some undocumented illegal aliens. David right? and I are going to round and up you're the gonna be, you're, you're going to be You're going to be Texas Rangers for a day. And you're going to find them, you're going to bring them in, and somehow, magically, we're going to process them all. Under the law, what are they entitled to, man? What do they get? If you are picked up by immigration... You've got 10 years in the U.S. You've got a kid, spouse, or parent who's a citizen from a resident. What do you get? A work permit until no, you're not yet. The first thing you get, <laughs> before that, what do you get? Fingerprinted. Oh, due hearing. Due process okay. requires we give you a hearing. I guess so I don't count that as due process. all are going to flood in to <laughs> a immigration court. Now, right now, yes. the immigration courts with approximately... they got a lot of time on their hands. They don't have, they don't they have, have a backlog. There's right no backlog. 100,000 cases or so. <laughs> For five judges? So they are, 80 years on average, across the country, see. anywhere from three to six years backlog for final hearing on a cancellation removal case. All right? So you put, let's say, 60% of 11 million is about six and a half, seven million people. Say five. So we, <laughs> we are going to add 20 times the number of cases. This is what happened. If you enforce law, this would have to happen. Right. This would have to happen. Put them all in deportation proceedings. They would get a work permit once they had a hearing date, which they might not get. Once they have a hearing date, right. they get a hearing date right away. They get a work permit and a driver's license that comes across with a work permit for in most states. Not every state. Not every state, yeah. In most states. All right. And they're going to be on that for how long? Seven, eight, nine, ten years. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, right? Because unless Congress increases the number of immigrations, which, of course, they can't do rapidly because there's no qualified people. No. Who want to have their life mission to deport people? Keep that on the down. Do that, but let's say let's say the judges don't retire, all 230 of them keep up the, the fight and deport people as fast as they can. We're talking about a decade, right? Yep. Now that's if you arrested them all. What if Obama says, "Here's what we're going to do: If you've been in the United States for 10 years, you're a person of good moral character. You show me you paid your taxes for 10 mm-hmm. years. You got kids that are born here. You got a spouse who's born here. You got a parent who's a U.S. citizen. I'm going to. You come forward. You give me your fingerprints." You give me your address. You give me your picture. All the same stuff that happens when you put somebody into a database to begin deportation oh, oh, proceedings. And, and by the way, uh, 
you have to give us a fee because this is going to be revenue neutral. Right. And, Boom! And, and, yeah. <laughs> you're going to pay us for this, uh, probably, let's say, a thousand bucks, all right? In return for you doing that, we're going to give you work good for two years. Every two years, you've got to come back, show you pay your taxes, show that you have the committed no crimes, show that you're a person of good moral character, and we'll keep giving you work permit. Sign me up! Sign me up! Think about that. <laughs> so that's how he presents it. He says, what I'm doing is exactly what you, the enforcers of immigration law, want me to do. I'm making people come forward, and these are, these are only people who would be eligible for the law that you, the GOP, passed in 1996. Yeah, exactly. So I'm actually, faster than you can bring them into the process... Fast than sending out every ICE agent we have and every dormitory and find people, I will get them to come into the system and we'll get work permit. What could you complain about that? What's the amnesty there? And could you imagine how many jobs that would create if we oh charge $1,000 per undocumented person to process this? How many people they'd have to add to well, the Department of Homeland the Security? That's the whole processing of an issue, but think about this. You're doing exactly what the GOP Congress wants you to do, and you're shrinking the pool of undocumented immigrants by more than 50%. Mm-hmm. Making it so easy to find people Many who have criminal people, history with if the they had, a work, had this work permit that could get a travel document, they could go come back and get a green card through their qualifying relative. You could literally make the problem reduce by 50% overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Yes. Yep. So here's the problem with Obama. I don't think he and his people are good enough in presenting that to the public as I just did. I right. David, what are you They're not convincing. No. Here, David is an average American. You've been average American, right? David is above average. Yeah, what are you well, talking about? And <laughs> yeah, his kids are all good looking. Uh, by the way, David, happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Happy Veterans to you and your son. Thank you. I think that's awesome. Happy Veterans Day, Rocky. We had an exchange earlier good. on the show. I Thank you. Get, I didn't get to say it. Happy Veterans yes. Day. Yes. Um, but did that sound like makes sense to you? Well, you know, one thing that people, and we've talked about this yeah. in the past, we had the work permit. Many years ago, and yeah. it wasn't a problem. It yeah. was very easy yeah. for yeah. people to come in. And yeah, most people, I, I bet you 20% of these folks in the day, after they retire, you go, I'm going to go back home. Yeah. I made enough money, I've right. saved my cash, it's, they I, built my, they I built my mansion in, in Puebla, and I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got three I mean, rooms. You know, that, and, yes. You know, if, and if they don't, if the, if the federal government, whether it's, you know, in the legislative capacity or the executive capacity, doesn't act, uh, which I think. They're going to, but if they don't, then you know we've talked about it on the show before. The states and localities need to act because uh, by just saying, "Hey, guess what? We're not holding these people in our jails for anymore. You know, We're going to give them driver's licenses because guess what? We can." And people will exactly. come to our state, and our state will be better because we're not xenophobic hate mongers trying to deport everybody. Think about this: it's a state. Now, a state can't get work permits. Although, no, but but again, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a driver's license because, again, they're working. But think about this: is another thing Obama could do. I'm just think about this: he could authorize the Department of Health and Human Services and DHS to give a waiver to the states to authorize them to grant work permission on documented workers. Correct. Right. He could do that, uh, and Utah has already passed a law that said they could do that. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Come here to the state. You can't get any benefits. We won't, you know, no, no state benefits you're going to get, but we'll give you work permit. There's jobs here. I think it would explode. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Exactly explode. State, I mean, it's a no-brainer for the states, just like it's a no-brainer for uh, either party at the national level. If these states and, and localities just said, hey, guess what? We run this show. This is where we live, and we're going to we're going to allow this to go on where we live. And we don't care what you do in Washington because we're going to fix the problem here. Guess what? 
your locality, your state, it's going to be better off at the end of the day. Because this is the thing. You give people the, you give people work authorization. It gets them a social security number. Guess what? Their employer is going to start wanting to pay them with a W-2. And uh, then they're not going to be able to cheat on taxes by saying it's all cash. And guess exactly. what? Then once they have a legitimate W-2 for how much, how much they're actually making, hey, they may not be able to get the earned income credit. I mean, you see tax returns all the time with people with this magic number each year. It changes, you know. I think last year was like $22,132. It was like everybody would be within $5 of that because that's how much the the tax code says you have to earn with dependent children to get this huge refund. Yeah. If you start paying, if you get people socials and they start working or getting W-2s, then you eliminate a lot of that fraud. I mean, exactly. it's it's it's, uh, it's, so it's crazy that they, so, they can't fix it. So you don't have any objection to this, Obama. All he did was say, I'm going to implement the law that you have passed. That's it. No, it's a little broader than maybe you like, but we have no way to put these people into deportation proceedings. No. We have right. no physical way to do it. Right. So we there's can't a few, do there's, what you want to do. There's a few judges that would like to try. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. <laughs> but we have no way to physically do it. I'm going to do it for you. And look, I understand in two years that I'm not president and you guys control everything. You can do whatever you want. Yep. Uh, and you can change the law uh, if you want to change it. And if it's a good law, I will sign it. If it's a bad law, I will veto it. Just I promise you that's going to happen. So pass me a good law, and I will sign it, and this all goes away. But in the meantime, people are going to come forward, and they're going to be able to benefit from the law you pass. Because give it this. I think what else you say. If somebody comes forward today and tries to put themselves in deportation proceedings, can't do it. we don't let them. Nope. Exactly. We don't let them do this. We turn them away. We used to let them, but we're too busy. Well, unless, unless you're we in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Different well. story. But here we don't do that. So I think, I mean, properly presented... This is a massive, and the other thing he should do, very simple, is recapture unused immigrant visa numbers. 100%. Uh, mostly, these are mostly employment-based yeah. visa numbers. There's some family, mostly employment. There's about 200,000 unused numbers for the last decade, mostly in the employment category, which would almost wipe out the backlog for employment-based cases. Exactly. And the family-based family based cases, those statutory caps, the preference categories are based on, I know we're getting a little technical here, were based on population sizes in what year? Like the 1967. The 1967. So <laughs> if you just correlated those statutory caps with the actual population now, you could clear out the backlog and it wouldn't be a on paper 20 year wait, in reality 200 year wait for uh, you know siblings petitioning for their brothers and sisters from uh, petitioning for each other from uh, you know India, China, Mexico and the Philippines. You wouldn't have these long waits. People could actually plan their life out better. Uh, and and th- that's something you could do just I mean Congress Congress could do that in 2 seconds. You wouldn't oh, have yeah. I mean you could have a one page bill. They could actually read that bill. Yeah, I mean you, read right. the bill. You, you, I mean, you, you could actually read that. You could change the law <laughs> so simply in immigration. Yeah, yeah. I, so, mean, I mean, literally in two simple. or three pages, yeah, you can fix we can solve thing. the problem. Yep, right. It would yep. be really simple. Yep. Uh, eliminate the bars or modify the bars in a way there's waivers. Yep. Make the waivers easier to get. And, and stop this trying to pun- goes away. And stop trying to punish people, uh, criminal. I mean, criminally. Uh, for immigration violations, you know every. You know, I love it when people say, "Well, you know, immigration proceedings are administrative in nature. You know, they're not criminal." And you know, the worst that happens is somebody gets deported. Hey, newsflash to people out there: going back to some countries is worse than going to prison. Okay, so th- don't don't come at me with this. Oh, well, just going back to their home country because in a lot of situations it's worse. And I'm not intellectually dishonest enough to say that there are places that they'd be just fine. The bottom line, though, is is why. Why are we doing it? Why are we spending the money to do that kind of thing? Just let people be. Because guess what? 
people that go to prison for really commit because because if you're this is what this is what I love the the criminal alien removal program it's you would think hey we're removing criminals you know you're actually combing databases to find people who have traffic offenses and then going and picking them up because because newsflash uh, if you do something really bad. Uh, the state you live in is going to get its pound of flesh, and you're going to go to prison. Oh, okay? yes. And then once you're done with prison, there's no passing go and collecting $200. You're going from prison to immigrate to ICE custody, and they will summarily remove you. Exactly. My favorite is when my criminal clients come in, they say, okay, well, my brother has been you know, convicted of this and that. And he got sentenced to five years. So we just want to be deported. You know, we just like to be deported. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen because you still have to serve your punishment. And that's just how it yeah. is. And they always just want to be removed earlier. No, you're going to get both, your punishment and removal. Exactly. Absolutely. Let's take a final break here for our last segment on America's Immigration Hour and America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, final segment for today, Veterans Day. It's a Veterans Day special. Uh, again, thanks to all you veterans who served out there. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of immigrants in the military. Oh, I, I, just, I, 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 I think you I've told I, with someone. I'm sure. Yeah, right? I, I want to share this. Right? I think I've shared it before. But I was at basic training, and uh, we had this one kid. I, his, I'm not going to say his name. Okay, little short kid from El Salvador, uh, originally by way of California. And uh, I remember they, we were going over uh, something to start, like, security clearance processing or something like that. And then they uh, said something about, well, if you're a citizen, this. If you're not a citizen, I'm like, oh, what? If you're not a citizen, how are you here if you're not a citizen? And this guy, he's, he's just a permanent resident. You know, he'd been here for, like, 10 years, came with his family and stuff. But uh, I, that, it was kind of shocking. He was like, how can you be in the Army if you're not a citizen? I don't understand. does not compute. But, uh, you know, in, in my travels through the military and stuff, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of immigrant influence, and that's because there's certain aspects, uh, certain parts of the military. I'm not going to say all. Certain parts are still somewhat of a meritocracy, and and uh, by and large, uh, the immigrant communities uh, seek out those types of uh, endeavors because they're willing to work hard. Um, they uh, they know they have to be doing it better. Well, they feel a debt to America too. Yeah, I mean that, and I mean uh, a lot. Of these just uh, you know that they're. Um, they don't feel as entitled. They, they haven't succumbed to, especially first generation ones, haven't succumbed to the uh, entitlement attitude. Sometimes their kids do relatively quickly. You can't but help uh, do that in public school. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, immigrant influence uh, in the military. So shout out to uh, 
to all those folks today on uh, on Veterans Day. So, um, Chuck, I have a uh, I showed you off uh, I showed you off air and I showed Anna a little bit earlier. I have this uh, printout and I'm going to hold it up for everybody on UStream. See, there you go. All the listeners on Radio Land. It's basically a, a map of the world. Uh, you know, you've got the standard North America, South America on one side, and Africa, Asia, Europe, and, and Australia, and everything over on the other side. And the the American continents are uh, uh, colored in black, and pretty much the rest of the world is white. And this, uh, I, I was going over it this morning. It was kind of shocking. It, and it's basically a map of all the countries throughout the world that, uh, or it is a map of all the countries of the world that. And breaks them down by those that have birthright citizenship and those that don't have birthright citizenship. And anybody that's listened to the show for any amount of time, and if hey, this is your first time, welcome to the birthright citizenship argument. Uh, we've had a couple of. Oh, you, you <laughs> should go on. Go to the, check go to out the, the archives. Go to iTunes and, iTunes and check out the archives. <laughs> yeah, check it out. But th- I mean, this issue is not going to go away because there's a lot of externalities associated with the birthright citizenship uh, that we have in this country uh, that. That people don't like, and there's a lot of people out there that say, "Is it uh, time to end it?" And I'm on record, absolutely not, no way, shape, or form. I understand the arguments against it, but I don't want the state, that small s, in control of who has the right to be somewhere or not. And I always, I always go back to this: birthright citizenship. It's, it's, it's. it's under-inclusive and it's over-inclusive. I'm going to share a story of a client um, to, to show you how birthright citizenship is uh, – or not having birthright citizenship uh, everywhere in the world is kind of an absurdity and why we should not get rid of it here because uh, you know we're, we're actually human. We're actually people that care. Uh, I, I have a client who was uh, was born in one country that doesn't recognize birthright citizenship to parents of, uh, of, of a second country. He's never been to the country that his parents are citizens of. Uh, the country where he was born did not give him birth. Or, did, he did not become a citizen of that country based on his birth. He then came here to the United States with his family. Okay, uh, and his his family eventually became citizens. There were some age out issues and things like that uh, as to why uh, he he couldn't get uh, legal status and. The Department of Homeland Security is is attempting to uh, remove this guy from the United States now. Again, kudos to a couple officers out there who recognize that this is an absolute absurdity. But that's the problem: is if you don't have birthright citizenship, you're going to have statelessness for a large number of people. And I don't think that we, as a country, should uh, be engaged in a debate about this. Because guess what? All these people who are born uh, 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 to undocumented people—if we don't give them citizenship, who's going to? Because what are we going to? Where are we going to deport them? Because guess what? They weren't born in, in another country. That country doesn't have the obligation to accept them back. It may for people who were born in that country. But so, you know, that's, that's why I always like to, to hit on this because it just it, it highlights the fact that, uh, you know, our scheme is broken, but it's even more broken you know, what's than interesting about a lot the of the rest of the world. It's really, it's North and South America that mm-hmm. really recognize birthright citizenship, and it's Europe yep. and Africa, and some of Africa and all of Asia does not. Yep. Think about that. Why is that the case? Because of, it is the case because of how our countries were formed. Right. We in Washington, virtually all of Latin America had Bowie Butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And the reality is that entire historical view, virtually every country's constitution in Latin America is based on, on the, the U.S. Constitution. constitution. Right. Uh, and so they, they derive that information, their policies from that. Um, I see nothing wrong with birthright citizenship. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Uh, it, it, it is designed to encourage loyalty among the citizens being in the United States, which is why we have the very first law passed by the very first Congress 
was the Citizenship Act of 1790. Because the very first thing they did was create citizenship for people who weren't born right. in the United States. Right. And so, at the end of the day, this is what distinguishes us from virtually every other democracy in the world. How do you get citizenship in Europe? Uh, I you, know you, that. Uh, if you're, there's a lot of like uh, Middle Eastern and North African people that live there that have kids, and they don't give France, for they'll, example. They'll, they'll register. Yeah, they'll register. They'll register their birth, but they're not citizens, and they don't have. Uh, now, it is easier for those people to live there because they don't have the draconian enforcement uh, that we do. Even though may, they may have tougher, uh, tougher laws, the enforcement is not nearly as draconian uh, as it is here in terms of removing people. Um, what are but, the options besides birthright for getting citizens? Uh, I mean, I mean what hoops hey, do you have you to have jump to, through? Well, I mean, look at Saudi Arabia. you got to be twice removed from the royal family or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of <laughs> schemes that you can come up with that you say, hey, you have your parent, one or both parents have to have been a citizen of this country at the time of your birth. Or I mean, there's all kinds of and, – and that's the reason why I, I like this bright line is because I don't want governments coming up with rules to say who can be extant in their country. Because if you, if you say – if you don't – if you have rules saying, hey, we're going to determine who gets to be a citizen, that – aside from all the other things of like voting and all that, that's a totally separate topic. Uh, they're basically saying who can and can't be there because a fun – I mean most people recognize a fundamental right of a, of, a, of a nation state is to say who can and cannot be present within its borders. And if you get rid of this distinction of, of citizenship, uh, just think about it here. I mean what would uh, what would the consequence be if we got rid of birthright citizenship here? The U.S. government could say, hey, you're not a citizen, so you're subject to the Immigration and Nationality Act, and, and we can uh, exercise our uh, discretion uh, for or against you. And, and I just – I don't like uh, states anywhere having – that that much power, so I, I do like the bright line rule and and all the negative externalities associated with it. Uh, they're they're problems for other other aspects of our society. Um, I'm I'm aware of all the 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 arguments against birthright citizenship. You know the, the welfare stuff. Uh, there's the birth tourism thing out there, which you know. By the way, I mean, I'm going to take over a country. I mean, that's well, you, China's, you, doing right yeah, China's doing that right yeah, now. I, I, uh, but, I, I think that's just wrong. <laughs> Uh, birth, right, birth, but, you know, uh, birth tourism? As with birth, where people yeah. just come in the country and yeah. have a baby and leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it's obviously long-range planning because you don't get any benefit from that from 21 years. Right. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't mind if there were some other provisions in there that are attached to birthright citizenship. Oh, uh, man. But I, you know, I know you don't like that, but I, I, this is just another example. Whenever you have a rule, there will be an exception. Right, right. Whenever you have a rule, somebody will find a way to manipulate it to their benefits. Well, see... and. You cannot anticipate every situation, and sometimes you have to accept the fact, yeah. okay, we have a rule, it's a good rule. Some people will manipulate it, but most won't, so we're going to go with that. Well, right. see, I, the, the way I get around that from, from, from my perspective is I just want people to be able to live fe- free of fearing that the state can make them leave where they were born. Um, now, as far as voting... And all the other things, I'm on record. I, I, I don't like the fact that you just get to vote when you turn 18. Hell no. And that's what a lot of people equate this stuff to, you know, right. because it has it comes out of the 14th Amendment. You're a birthright citizen. You know, you were born here, so you get all the privilege. No, voting's a privilege, folks. It's not a right. Okay, <laughs> there's there's uh, there, there's there's absolute there's no absolute right to being able to vote. You can still determine who can and cannot vote uh, within your country without saying uh, that person isn't allowed to be here. So yeah, I understand the birthright tourism, the 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 the, the birth tourism thing. The way you get around that is say, hey, guess what? 
guys can come here and you guys can get a tra- you know, a passport, whatever, be, be able to travel all over the place. You're not going to be removed. But guess what? You're not going to be able to participate in uh, the governance of our society. And that's how I get around it. Uh-huh. Because I say, hey, here's the deal. You're born here. You have an absolute right to be here whenever you would like. And we can't make you leave this place. Now, we can imprison you for violating the law. We can say that you don't get to vote because you haven't fulfilled these other requirements. I'm fine so with those type of things. What you're saying is, for example, you're born here, you're a citizen, but if your parents weren't citizens of permanent residence at the time you were born in the United States, then you don't get to vote. Well, no, no, no. I think there's plenty of people who were born here to U.S. citizens that I don't want voting either. <laughs> so, I, and there's actually David more. Absolutely <laughs> you on that there's part. way more of those people that I would like to restrict from voting before I even get all these people. And I don't know what the perfect system would be, but I mean that's that's what it centers around. Just because I just don't want people to because the vast majority of people don't care. They just want right. to be here. Right. And so that that's why that that's how I get around it. I know that that's probably people are out there like this guy. Who? What is he is talking he? about? <laughs> I wonder if people think about that, that if there is some kind of work permit given to the undocumented population, that in no way gives them the right to vote. But I don't know if some people think about that. No, they I don't. They just, well, most people think, hey, uh, hey they're, they're citizens or they're not. They're not citizens. Get them out of here. Right. And they think, you know, any <laughs> by virtue of, you know, getting a driver's license or work permit that they're somehow going to participate in elections. No. Not, not even, even not even a. You could literally go out and say, "Hey, we're going to give you ten dollars to vote today." Uh, yeah, no thanks. I mean, because the right. vast majority. I mean, the vast majority of people who are citizens here, born to citizens, don't vote. Okay, and there's there and you know, David and I have talked about this. Before. There's plenty of people out there voting that I don't want voting at all. Okay, right. so I mean, I'm killing two birds with one stone here. Let people who are born here stay here with the birthright citizenship, but. Get around it by stopping all the stopping people from voting or exercising their what they think to be a right, which is actually a privilege, uh, to uh, to participate in their own governance. So, um, I just think it's interesting when you look at stuff like this. That, that you know, it's a great point, Chuck. Uh, that why the the you know the Western Hemisphere essentially has this because all those guys didn't think about that. That right. their constitutions are are based uh, are based on ours. I yeah. mean, that That's really why yeah. you see that map. It's the the only white countries here Cuba. are uh, are Cuba. Yeah. Interestingly, Costa Rica is the only one. Uh, other yeah. In Cuba and uh, some other weird well, communist influence. <laughs> I think they changed theirs not that long ago. Um, because you can buy citizenship in Costa Rica, though. Yeah. Costa Rica. Right, uh, everybody goes there, yeah. But you can buy citizenship in Costa Rica. Yeah, you can actually it's not that big a deal. Yeah. How great would it be if we had people who could buy it here easily? We do have it. We do have it. It's called the EB5 program. (laughs) Right. That's a topic for another show. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's been a great show today. You've all heard Rocky's slightly libertarian leanings. Um, Slightly, (laughs) folks. Slightly anarchic uh, reading. Hey, anarchy is the absence of forced order. It is not the absence of order. We'll be back next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to. In the Known Universe podcast. Very good. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.